28 through 44. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? You shall say this, The Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Really enjoyed the worship this morning. It was beautiful. Thank you so much. It's always good, but I don't know, sometimes it really ministers to your heart. Well, today, looking at this text in Luke, we are celebrating the day that we remember of Christ Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Something that's helped me as I'm reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those four Gospels, when you look at them, uh, when you get about halfway through them, it starts about the last week of Jesus' life. That, that was kind of interesting that when that dawned on me, uh, that the majority you know, of the story is about one week in the life of Jesus. And so what this time of year is, is a focus on that one week. And so the timing of the uh, triumphal entry, which leads us into Holy Week, is that final week of Jesus' life. And all four of the Gospels record this triumphal entry. So it was a, a big event that each one of them wanted to comment on. 
So what we'll do this morning is we'll look at this kind of outline of the scripture of, of all four of these gospels, but specifically our text was from Luke chapter 19. We'll look at the prophecy of Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 about this Jesus coming in humbly mounted on a colt, the foal of a donkey, this prophecy fulfilled. We'll look at what they shouted in praise. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We'll look at Psalm 118, where that quote comes from. So those two things are from the Old Testament, Jesus fulfilling, and then we'll have a conclusion as we look at some of the details surrounding that. Zechariah 9.9 said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Psalm 118.25-26 says, Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. These will be the two main focuses of the triumphal entry of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mark records this story. He mentions this cult. Uh, It's unique in that it is mentioned by Mark that no one had ever sat on this cult. It was an unused ride, unused horse, donkey, colt, not a horse, a donkey. So that point is interesting. A lot of us, maybe if we don't know anything about uh, Palm Sunday, we saw today the palms. Uh, Mark brings out that they laid their cloaks on the road and they spread leafy branches uh, that they had cut. Then we also see this uh, shout from Psalm 118 in Mark. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Matthew records uh, the same emphasis of this donkey that was uh, tied and the colt that was with her. So it's the the mom, the, the donkey and her colt. And they were to get the colt. And bring them, untie them, and bring them. And then Matthew specifically quotes Zechariah and says, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. Matthew records uh, the saying from Psalm 118, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You see a little bit of different emphasis in some of these. Here, uh, Matthew records Hosanna to the son of David, really emphasizing that lineage of the last great king over Israel. It's remembered so highly that Jesus is coming in his lineage. John is a beautiful recording in John 12. Um, and I love John because he kind of puts things in, in uh, timing. He starts out with that it is six days before the Passover. 
So you start seeing this is that final week that Jesus is arriving. Then he brings out that Jesus was staying the night over, or staying in Bethany where Lazarus was raised from the dead. He's putting thing into perspective. Then he adds some of the motives going on, like how the crowds are gathering and the plots to put Jesus to, the, to death. So in verse 10 of John 12, he says, So the chief priest made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because he was such a miraculous witness and testimony of the power of Jesus that Lazarus's life was under part of the plot to be put to death along with Jesus. And it says, because on the account of many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus because of that unique miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead. It was just so profound. And so then John leads into the triumphal entry and he mentions the large crowd that had gathered. They had gathered there. They had followed Jesus. They were around this Lazarus story. They'd grown and then the crowd just build and build and build uh, into Jerusalem and people coming for the greatest feast, the Passover, gathered there. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people gathering to celebrate Passover and a lot of them following and shouting. I mean, what an event. What, a, what a, something you would never forget in your life. And, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all recording it. John specifically mentions these leafy branches as being branches of palm trees. Sounds like that was pretty scriptural, seeing palm, palm branches this morning. And they went out crying out. Again, John mentions Psalm 118. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Yes, Jesus. John says, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Both of these mentioned. And John adds that when this was taking place, his disciples did not understand these things at first. You know, you're just in it, celebrating. Didn't understand uh, the significance of it, but it says they remembered after Jesus was glorified. They remembered that whole event, and then they understood it in their spirit about what was actually taking place. The Pharisees and leaders that were plotting, they were jealous, and John brings that out. He says, look, the world, a whole world has gone after him. So this was their plot in the deal. So when we look at the triumphal entry from Luke, we see these stories. We see the cult that no one had ever sat on. Luke emphasizes that. He, again, emphasizes, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And then he has this emphasis of when the leaders begin to try to tell Jesus to silence, rebuke these people saying this. It's blasphemy. You're not that. Re, you know, rebuke them. Tell them to be quiet, Jesus says. I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. So Jesus doesn't 
tell them to be quiet. He encourages them, shout all the louder, bring it on. So anybody that thinks that Jesus is a story about just a good teacher who came along in the line of a long line of good teachers doesn't know this scripture. No just good teacher says, yeah, bring on the praise. Yeah, this was someone who was making a claim to the throne. He was receiving the praises as king. And you don't do that unless you really are or you're crazy or you're a liar. And you have to decide which one Jesus was. But Jesus receives this praise and he says they don't cry out. Uh, if they're silent, the very stones would cry out. And then one of the reasons I'm reading the text uh, from Luke is that Luke gives this insight into the heart of Jesus as he's writing in. And it's this text of Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. In verse 41 of Luke 19, uh, as we read and heard this morning, as he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. So Jesus knows what's happening here. He knows he is coming in to the praises of the people, but he also knows the underlying uh, reason why he is. So he weeps over it and he says, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. We want to look at that. We want to look at that Jesus is looking and saying, if you would have known what it takes to make peace. So when I titled this, I had a bunch of different titles, but I titled this A King Who Knows the Cost of Peace. And he knew it coming in. He wasn't necessarily caught up in the praises of people. He was caught up in fulfilling, filling up Zechariah's prophecy of what this king would look like, filling up what the praises of the psalmist in Psalm 118 uh, meant. And what it meant was something and an idea that seemed very few people could see or got a hold of in their praises of what it meant that Jesus would be riding in as king, but Jesus knew if you would have known the things that make for peace and that they, had, they were missing the time of their visitation of their true king. So Zechariah's prophecy, this connection of the idea I want to look at briefly, maybe you haven't ever looked at, it's that this cult had never been set upon and looking at the idea of presenting Jesus as a sacrifice, both from this prophecy of Zechariah and from Psalm 118, looking at a king from the different eyes than we would normally see the pomp and circumstance of, of royalty, looking at a king who's coming and realizes what it cost to make peace, an ultimate peace, not a temporary peace, but a sacrifice that will provide an ultimate peace with God. Think about that. Think about the praises from this psalm and the connection 
So we, when we look at sacrifices, we realize that Deuteronomy 17.1 was talking about sacrifices had to be without any blemish, without any uh, defect whatsoever. A sacrifice offered up to God had to be perfect. Leviticus confirms this in great detail in chapter 22. In verse 19, it says that this sacrifice must be a male without blemish. No defect whatsoever. And it's interesting that Zechariah prophesies that this colt, this foal of a donkey that Jesus shall come on, shall never have been set upon. So it's a colt that has never been rode, never been used, and yet the important part of this is who is sitting on it. The sacrifice isn't the animal. The sacrifice is the one who it's bearing up the burden of. It's a beast of burden, and it's bearing Jesus. Never before, think of of this colt, never before ridden upon this colt, never before used, is the one that God has prepared before the foundation of the world to come and prepared. And Jesus says, go and you'll find it. It's right here by its mother. It's never been uh, set upon, bring it to me. This colt prepared. Just every detail planned in this triumphal entry coming. This unused colt rode for this purpose. And Zechariah goes on to say that what he's doing, Zechariah 9.10 after this, is, and he shall speak peace to the nations. He's bringing peace. His rule shall be from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. This peace will go out. He's bringing a peace like no peace any king has ever brought. And that's what riding in on a donkey symbolized. It symbolized coming in with peace. I'm coming in lowly. I'm coming in bringing and speaking peace. And Jesus is weeping over Jerusalem seeing that they don't see that. They don't see the things that make for peace. So Jesus realizes the cost. And the scriptures bear this out in Romans 5.1. Hear the word of the Lord. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.9 goes on to say, Since therefore we have been justified by by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. It's in our gospel announcement. We've been brought from the wrath of God into peace with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is weeping over Jerusalem knowing He is a king coming, mounted on this colt that has never before been ridden, and that He is the Passover Lamb presenting himself to a people who are mostly blind and clueless to the cost of this sacrifice. Wow. God delivers on his promise, and when he delivers on his promise, it's always more than anticipated and more than we could have ever imagined or expected. When he delivers on his promise, we're just left in awe. Like, wow, I thought the king was going to be this. And the king was way much more. Zacharias' uh, thinking was 
was big in the prophecy that he prophesied. But our understanding of it was small. But the king is so, so, so much more. And when they get all of these uh, gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all bring out this Psalm 118 uh, cry from uh, Hosanna. We sang it this morning, and Mary wrote the song on that. Uh, Psalm 118 20, verse 25 says, Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Save us, rescue us. And when this word developed in the Greek, looking back at the Hebrew on those words for save us, save us now, we pray, save us, help us, rescue us, they came up with this word, Hoshiana, save us now, Hosanna. Hosanna, they were crying out. They were laying their cloaks. You know, that might not be a big deal for us because we might have ten others in the closet. But back then, that might be your only cloak. Clothing was very expensive. To lay it on the road, to lay branches, was a receiving of submitting to royalty. And they gladly laid their costly garments for Jesus to trod over, announcing him and praise that this was the king. Hosanna, they prayed, save us. This is a deliverer. This is someone with power who will save. And they cried out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. This shout, save us, O Lord. Luke records Jesus saying, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Jesus was not just a good teacher, as I've said. He, he was a claimant to the throne. He was receiving their praises. Jesus did not silent the crowds and say they were wrong in their praise to him as king. It was so right, if they didn't give that praise the very stones would cry out in praise. Jesus is saying from that phrase that it is more likely that these stones will cry out than for the king of kings to enter his capital city without honor. That's more likely than them for them not to give praise right now because God has promised it, God has said it, and God is making it happen. The people of Jerusalem were expressing great joy and their joy was so appropriate, so necessary, that if they did not express that praise, it would be appropriate for inanimate objects to fill their role. To fill the void of the lack of praise that should be there. I love that. This is the emphasis I wanted to make out of Luke, of both Zechariah's prophecy and both uh, the Psalm 118 quote. When you look at Psalm 118, you see the sacrifice too. Psalm 118, the following verse, 27, says, The Lord is God, and He has made His light to shine upon us. Then it says, Bind the festival sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. Now there's a lot of theological discussion on what that means, but looking at it, Within the context, you look back at Psalm 118, verse 22, right before this, and it says, The stone 
that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. So when Jesus wept over Jerusalem, he knew these cries of Hosanna were covered on both sides of that praise. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and save us. Save us now, we plead. On one side saying, you will be rejected. Tossed aside like a stonemason looking. Oh, this one's not any good. No, no, oh, this is the one. Let's get this one and put it here. Tossed aside, rejecting the stone that the builders just threw aside. Didn't see Jesus wept over Jerusalem because he knew that was part of this psalm. And then afterward, you know, rather than coming in as king and offering a sacrifice where he could grab the horns of the altar and pray to God and intercede for the people, he was a king that would be the sacrifice on the altar so that all of those who would believe in him and be cleansed and purified by his blood could now come freely up to the horns of the altar and have a prayer life where they could directly encounter God and come into the holy place. And he knew the cost would be not him coming and offering a sacrifice, not a king who sacrifices others, but a king who comes lowly and humbly and offers himself as the sacrifice. He will be bound. He will be taken up the road of Golgotha. And he will be a king who lays down his life. He looked and he wept over the great city. And he was led in the praises of the people, knowing he would be the stone that the builders rejected, knowing that he would be the perfect Lamb of God for the sins of his people. So, this is profound. The Word of God in Isaiah 53 says, It was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He saw the offspring that this would produce. He saw that if he offered the ultimate sacrifice, the people of God, including you, if you put your faith in him, would be his one day and that you would be bought with a price. And he knew what that price was and he was willing to give it and he willfully offered up his life and rode in Jerusalem that day without no pretense of the cost of the redemption that it would cost you. He didn't just get caught up in the shouts of king, but he knew what God's king would do. God's king would die for his subjects. And Jesus knew that, and he went anyway. Hebrews 9.12 says, He entered once and all. He went up to that altar, and he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing eternal salvation and redemption for his people. That should move us and that should stir us on this Palm Sunday. Will you respond to the day of your visitation or will you put it off thinking, well, there's always another day, another time, and there might not be, And even if there is another date and another time, your heart might not be in the place to respond. Jesus wept over that. And the Scriptures encourage us that now 
Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. Recognize what the cost is for your peace with God and recognize the day of your visitation. And if you have, come and celebrate as we sing in this closing song, praises to Hosanna, our King. Amen? Amen. Let us celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Uh, There might be some in that little cup right there if you all want to celebrate communion with us. We got switched back to some of the older style ones. I don't know. The one I got has the thing on top. But however, I hope you figure it out and you tear off the top or the bottom, wherever your uh, cracker is, representing the bread of life, the body of Jesus Christ. And the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he gave thanks to the Father. And he said, this is my body. Take and eat of it and do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In like manner, he took the cup. He said, this is the blood and the cup of the new covenant in my blood given for the remission of sins. Take and drink of this and do this in remembrance of me and remember my death until I come. Let us partake together. Gracious Father, Thank you for the costly gift of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for his body that was offered up upon the cross and his shed blood that ran down, Lord, for the forgiveness of our sins, our glorious eternal redemption to have eternal life through his blood. We give you praise and honor. Anoint our hearts to give you praise worthy of your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together. Would you stand with us, please? So we're going to um, do the Hosanna song again. And while we're waiting for Shippen and the children to come. um, So Teresa had asked, uh, we had talked about Easter music put after Christmas. And she asked if I knew any Hosanna Palm Sunday Easter songs. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) Um, But one Sunday, a couple of weeks ago, um, the Lord literally downloaded this song to me in about 10 minutes. And so I played it for her, and she's like, yeah, let's do that. And then um, we were very blessed because somebody suggested that we have the children come and join us with the palms, and then somebody else suggested, I think it was Dee, that we um, invite them also to um, play some rhythm instruments. So that's how this went from the thought, the suggestion, um, and a lot of what we do here is very collaborative, and so we just appreciate that and why we were waiting for all our pieces parts to come. Just thought I would share that. So the word alabare in Spanish means I will praise. So if you did not know what that was, I will praise Hosanna, Hosanna, which means save us, rescue us. So 
please join them. And if you have your palm branches, and if you don't, again. Mm-hmm. 